prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is February 26, 2020. For those of you listening to the show 100 years from now and you realize this audience really knew what they were talking about. I got to bring my guest on because he's, uh, he's, he's posing in the background there. Mark Bell. How you doing, Mark? There you go. I'm there doing fantastic. Hey, shouldn't you be dead by now? Like, didn't you have like heart issues years oh, ago and dude. stuff? But I mean, how are you still, how are you still standing over there? Mark, I am so broken up, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm not kidding, you know? I mean, I, and I still want to go in and I, want, I still want to train like I used to, and I have to, I have to remember that I'm not, my body is just not able to, to do it anymore. And, but I mean, I, you know, I've, I've got the three torn attachments in my left hamstring, one in the right, reattached tricep, uh, reconstructed left foot from dropping a plate on it, two surgeries mm. in one year on my left foot. Uh, my left foot wow. is actually an inch shorter than it used to be. <laughs> it looks like I have one club foot and one regular oh. foot. I mean, I, I'm so broken up, but it's, wow. you know, I just, I, I, I'm still alive. That's all I care about right now, you know? So Are, is, are most of those injuries, like, more recent or are they older? No, nah, they, they, they all occurred over time. You know what I mean? Um, I think I, I tore my hamstrings first. Tra- I was, I was uh, warming up for a deadlift, and I just didn't feel right, and I should have just stopped. I tore my tricep. Um, in a uh, obviously doing a bench press uh, the wrong way. Um, right. My, I, oh, I tore my bicep doing heavy rows, and I finished the whole workout. The funny thing about all this is, the day I dropped the plate on my foot, I finished my leg workout. It was the first thing I did was was smash my foot, and I had five fingers uh-huh. on. And the blood was oozing out of the top of the five fingers. I was like, if I take them off, I'm not going to be able to put them back on. I might as well just finish the workout. So. Yeah, I dropped 605 pounds on my foot uh, trying to do ultra-wide sumo deadlifts uh, per- prescribed by Louis Simmons. <laughs> and uh, I tried to uh, finish the workout, but it wasn't going very well because, like, blood was squirting out of the top of my foot. So it's yeah. <laughs> kind of same deal. So, and, and this is why I was really interested in this topic. So I posted something on Facebook the other day. I was like, uh, anybody use a Kratom, Kratom, however you want to pronounce it? as a pre-workout because I've got lots of, of injuries and I, that means I train with a lot of pain and I took Kratom one day and went to the gym and I had an amazing workout. And so of course I text you, I was like, do you ever use it as a pre-workout? And you're like all the time. Okay. We got to talk about this. Right. You know, I want to kind of first start off by, you know, saying that like anytime that you're in a good mood, you know, like, just just the day is going really well. Let's say you have a bum shoulder and a and a messed up elbow and stuff, but like for whatever reason, just on a particular day, you're just feeling great. Like everything went really well. Maybe you got a good phone call in the morning. Everything just kind of started your way. Um, you had your you went you were able to spend time at your favorite coffee shop for a few minutes, and when you got in your car and headed to the gym, all your favorite songs played somehow yeah. on the radio. I don't know what the hell's going on? But like the universe is like in your favor for the day. And man, what an amazing workout you have that day when you're just feeling that good all the time, all, like that. And I think that something like kratom or any drug, really, I think any drug is going to take you 
from where you currently are, and it can take you to a spot that you wouldn't otherwise normally be able to access or get to, uh, much the way that steroids uh, would or mushrooms or any of these kinds of things. So I think Kratom, I think, is a, is a nice gateway into just feeling good and being like kind of thrown into a good mood, whether you want to be grumpy or not. And so for me, it kind of takes a little bit of that edge off. And I don't need a lot of Kratom. I, I've messed around with a lot of different dosages. And I've noticed that, you know, I, I've taken up to like 20 capsules at a time. You know, I don't know. How, many, how, grams, many, grams how many grams would that be? You don't know. Oh, that 750, yeah, 750 milligrams per capsule. So, you know, times, you know, 750 yeah, times 20. You know, grams. But, you didn't get nauseous with that yeah. high of a dose? <laughs> I have a cast iron stomach, so okay. no, I was okay, but uh, yeah, it was really high. But you know, it didn't it didn't deliver you know what I was looking for. I played around with the different dosages as you do with uh, some experimentation, and I I only need like two or three capsules to feel really really good. And we make an extract as well. My product is called Mind Bullet, and the reason why it's called Mind Bullet is because I feel like it it's kind of like sending your mind off to the moon like it, it it feels so good as if as i was mentioning earlier it's almost as if your favorite song is playing uh you know when you're getting the benefit of uh taking kratom so i use it before i work out take some of the bumps and bruises off and when i get to the gym and i start my workout i just i don't even really warm up anymore i mean i'll, I'll take some precaution i'll start out with lighter weights but i'm not foam rolling and dicking around doing a bunch of other stuff i get right to it right so uh, the Kratom is, is very, very misunderstood today. In fact, when I posted that thing on Facebook asking if anybody used it for pre-workout, I had people private message me uh, and say, be careful, it comes from the same plant as heroin. <laughs> you know, that's not true. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the Kratom plant is actually the same genus as the coffee plant. So, I mean, we know that it's not an opioid. Uh, while it does some have some interaction with the opioid receptor, people have a hard time understanding this phenomenon. And I'm going to put it in terms that most people will understand. Um, just because something interacts with a receptor doesn't mean that it's that particular molecule. Case in point mm. is alcohol. Alcohol, it, it, it actually intoxifies the GABA receptor, but it's not GABA. So... Right. Kratom somehow stimulates the opioid receptor, but it's not an opioid. And so it doesn't make you tired. If you take an opioid and go to the gym, you're not going to want to do anything. You want to go to sleep. But when you take Kratom, you actually feel your mood elevate. You feel like everything is good. And, you know, I mean, I grew up in the 60s. I, I was a big, 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 big drug abuser. And I always liked mm. uh, speed. I always liked uh, amphetamines. I always liked cocaine. I liked drugs that brought you up. I had all my friends, they want to do quaaludes and tune-alls and, and sit around and drool on themselves. Like, that. that's not fun. So I always appreciated things that raise your mood. Like you're saying, it literally raises your mood and makes you feel so good. And, of course, you're going to have a great workout then. And, and I don't know what it is about Kratom in particular, but uh, it makes you, like, empathetic and it gives you compassion. Uh, it's almost like you got a bunch of hugs from somebody and all of a sudden you're kind of just, it feels like a warm blanket's been put over you. And then you're just, you, you find yourself texting people, telling you, telling them how thankful you are for them. And you find yourself just super happy. And like, even something like, um, 
even something like going through the airport, you know, when you travel, sometimes it's a little stressful and, and you notice like everyone's wearing it on their face. They just need to get to this place and they, they have a madder look on their face than the people at the DMV. I don't know what the hell's going on when you're traveling, but people are like very determined to get to their destination, you know? And when I travel, I'll take a little bit of Kratom before I go and I'm smiling at people. And I think people think I'm a fucking axe murderer or something because they're looking at me like I got two heads, but I'm just in a really good mood and feeling really good. And I'm, I'm not really like quote unquote worried about where I'm going. I know I'm going to get there whenever the, you know, whenever the plane gets me there. And that and people are stressed out because travel is stressful nowadays. I remember traveling before nine <laughs> eleven and now, and I don't want to travel anymore because it just kind of sucks. The coronavirus and everything uh, else. Yeah, I'm not even worried about the coronavirus. I, I, maybe I'm too stupid. Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> maybe I'm too stupid to well, worry about. Giving, they're not giving much information on like who it's killing and stuff. I think it's younger kids and older older people that are sick already. Right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't, even, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because then people are going to light up and think like I'm, I'm some jerk. But the reality is it's always <laughs> suspicious to me. Uh, Ebola. Remember the Ebola crisis? Everybody's going to die of Ebola. And then as soon as they gave over that $4 billion to the uh, pharmaceutical companies, literally, the next day, they stopped talking about Ebola. Now, did the money yeah. actually cure Ebola or did they get what they wanted? And they were like, OK, we don't have to scare the crap out of people anymore. So I, I'm, you know, <laughs> right, I, I always it's a little it's a little sketchy with the, the relationship between the pharmaceutical industry and the government. But, I think you and I should do a separate podcast on how to develop zero followers, like how to get rid, <laughs> like anybody who's listening, to us, like how to make this them all it. hate us and go away. Like, this is it. We'll religion, religion, politics. Wall, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion, Trump, politics. All, and just watch all of our likes and uh, <laughs> views go away. <laughs> Go in the toilet, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, so, so I didn't. I'm going to be honest with everybody listening to this show. I didn't know you had your own kratom when I did this. I just knew that you and your brother. You know, your brother has been um, a strong proponent of supporting the, the kratom industry. He, I, I believe, he absolutely. did a he did a, a, a documentary about it. And, yep. and so I knew you knew about it. I didn't know you had a brand. When did that come out? Uh, I've had the brand for a little, a little over a year, and um, it's just something like I've been taking it for like the last maybe about two and a half, three years. My brother kept telling me about it, and when my brother was telling me about it, I was like, I'm not really in the same amount of pain that he's in. Like I'm in like what I would call like self-induced pain. You know, right. I'm in my own my own personal hell because I put myself there because of the style of training that I do. And usually if I let off a training a little bit, which I'm not smart enough to ever do, if I let off a training a little bit, I usually feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, one day I think I tweaked my back and I was like, Hey, let me just, let me just give it a try and let me see what it's like. And it just reminded me of like going in a hot tub. Like it didn't, it didn't solve everything for me, but it gave me temporary relief. And the temporary relief was while I was at the gym. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I feel, I feel warm. I feel loose. I feel like I can get through the workout without any problem. And, uh, you know, there I was, you know, staying in the gym for even like a longer period of time than normal. And so I was excited by that. And I was like, man, this is an amazing product. And as I started taking it more often, uh, I started to like, you know, really wonder about the, um, the safety of the product. You know, I wanted to know like, hey, like, what's this going to do? Is this going to cause any uh, respiratory depression uh, like opioids can do, and is this going to cause you know the heart to flutter and and these kinds of things? And so, even more so than like researching it, because I'm not much of a researcher and I'm not much of a I don't even I just don't even really like science to be 
totally honest with you for multitude of reasons. But uh, anyway, I, you know, did some brief research on it, looked into it a bunch. We had a meta analysis done of it, which is, as your viewers already know, it's just a study of studies. But we wanted to take precaution and make sure that uh, there was there was no stone unturned and make sure that we felt that this is a product uh, that other people can enjoy as well as just me. And so, but a lot of it was just me taking it and passing along to friends and saying, hey, try this, see if you like it. I had some people that took it and they're like, hey, man, like that made me nauseous. And I was like, well, I guess it's just not for you. Like, I don't, you know, it's not going to work perfectly in each person, maybe similar to like CBD or some or some people with like tea or coffee or whatever it might be. Uh, but this thing vibed really well with me and a lot of the people around me. And so uh, we went off to the races. I was like, let's, you know, let's get this thing to market. And it's not even something that we talk about that much. That's why you didn't know that we have it because I'm not like outwardly and aggressively trying to push it on anybody. I'm like, Hey, look, this, we have this, we have a product called mind bullet and you can get it at mindbullet.com If you'd like to check it out, you can investigate it on your own. We have sample packs that you can try. Just like give it a try, and if you don't like it, you don't like it, then uh, that, that's just fine. But I think most people will really enjoy it. Roger Padgett apparently loves it. He he said that he's, it's a great product. He said he found it affected his liver enzymes and TSH levels. I'm assuming he means uh, positively because he said it's a great product. Uh, I find it's a pretty strong oh. diuretic too. Like if you're cutting, if you're like a bodybuilder, you know when you're when you're when you're dieting, you're miserable. Uh, and if you're also trying to drop water, I got to believe that Kratom, I don't understand why every bodybuilder doesn't use Kratom those 16 weeks out when they start to really get into a cut phase because it'll, it'll dry you out, but it'll make you feel good. It makes you feel good. And on top of that, I don't know if you've noticed this impact of it, but it can help fasting as well. I mean, I can't, I don't have a correlation study to like to whip out or anything on that, but that's what a, a lot of, like I've noticed that personally. And then other people have come to me. I've had friends come to me and they're like, dude, I'm trying to gain weight, like, but I can't on Kratom. I can't really, uh, you know, I can't really attack food the way that I normally do. And I'm like, yeah, man, unfortunately, you probably got to cut back on the Kratom or ditch the Kratom if you're trying to gain size because it, it might uh, have a, an effect on your appetite. But I think that could be a huge positive for a lot of us who are former fat boys. Uh, a lot of us that, that really love to get after food. So for myself, for intermittent fasting, it's helped a lot. Yeah, it, it, because it makes you feel good. It actually delivers all of the uh, – what was that herb that they were selling back in the day that the Bush guys used to chew on and it made them lose all this weight and then it came on the market and now it's not around anymore? You remember what I'm talking about? The um, I can't think of it, but it, you're right. Kratom actually does like di just kill your appetite. You don't feel like eating. Uh, and, and, and I found that out one night when I took it before going out to dinner and I was sitting there and I was like – I ordered a steak and I just didn't feel like eating it. And I took it home. I'm like, okay, <laughs> note to self: don't take kratom before you go out to dinner. You know, that, that's right? And I, I just, I wonder if that, I wonder if that's just because of the like mood alteration. Like you're satisfied, you feel pretty much all good. You're like, I'm, I'm set. You know, a lot of these things that that seem to destroy your appetite actually trigger a hormone in the gut called cholecystokinin, and it's produced in the stomach in the response to stomach stretching and so like pine uh, a pine nut oil was real popular back in the day for this uh th there's a couple different uh, plant-based products that seem to just shut down uh, hunger they all seem to upregulate this coleocystokinin i wouldn't be surprised if kratom 
uh, does that as well. Mm. So Mike Davies is saying, is it available in the U.S.? Yeah, it's at it's at mindbullet.com, you said, right? That's right, yeah. And there's uh, some states and some cities even where it's banned. So like uh, San Diego, it's banned. But our website tells you all that. We have all the information. That is so stupid. You could buy weed in San Diego, but you can't buy Kratom, right? I know. I, you know, I don't know why these things are, are the way they are, but you know, it's very unfortunate because I think it's a product that can help a lot of people. And that's what my brother's film leaf of faith uh, was all about. You guys can check that out. I believe it's on, if it's not on Netflix and it's available in, in other streaming uh, areas that you can check it out, but he did a great job with that film and it shows you the pros and the cons. And um, I also want to tell people a little bit about the cons, you know, number one is it can really give you some pretty bad, like cotton mouth. Like it can really dry your mouth out. Yeah. You know, as side effects go, like how bad of a side effect is that? Like to me, it's tolerable, not a huge deal. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, you might not want to eat, which might not be a desired result for you. But I do think it can be addictive. So I, I want to kind of, I want to be upfront with people about that. But I think that coffee is very addictive, and then we kind of lose control with that. But I do have friends that have gone too far with kratom, and what I mean by that is they're kind of like quote unquote strung out on it all day. And that's not the way that I utilize it. And I haven't, I haven't felt like I was going to fall into that trap either. And I think from a health perspective, I don't know what the implications or the or, or rather ramifications of that would be. Um, but I don't think it's a great way to go around where you have to constantly alter your mind all day long. I, I don't think that's a good idea with any uh, drug or supplement for that matter. So that would be the one thing is I would say, look, you know, if you're going to do it, try to do it in a responsible way. Try not to always lean on it. Try not to always rely on it. And I suggest the same thing uh, when I help people with diets. I said, look, don't lean too hard on coffee. I'll even tell people, look, don't even lean too hard on any one particular diet. Why not switch things up yes. a tiny bit here and there and get some different benefits from different diets? And that actually honors our evolutionary journey because our diet has always been phasic for millions of years. It, we, it was only, excuse me, 40,000 years ago where we started growing crops and, and, and raising animals, where we had predictability, like, okay, we're going to have grain every single day now. Uh, before, right. that, before that, we went long periods in the winter where there were no plants to eat, so we sustained life on animal products. And there were times where we couldn't catch an animal, but it was nice weather, and we found the watermelon patch, and we ate that. But <clears throat> the one thing that's true is we didn't combine foods. We... we for millions of years, if we mm. killed a buffalo, we ate that buffalo until there was no more buffalo to eat. And then we went on and found something else. And it's, I really, have done, I've done shows about this. I wonder what, <coughs> excuse me, I'm wheezing, the effects of uh, uh, combining foods have with gut function. Because when you put beef and and we'll talk about uh, the carnivore diet uh, when we come out of the break because I know that you're really into that right now. But when you put beef and broccoli in your stomach at the same time, they both digest at different rates. They both require different enzymes to break down. I am I'm a huge proponent of eating like I'll eat a pound of salmon. I'll sit down and I'll just eat the salmon and I'm done. But at the same time, I'll eat a salad. But I'm not going to put a piece of chicken in with the salad. I'm just going to eat the right. salad. And I, I really think we're going to come to find in years from now that there's a lot of magic in eating a single food at a time as far as the stress it puts on our digestive system. 
I like that a lot. It actually makes a lot of sense, and it would be harder to eat more food. And I, I think what you're referring to is uh, kind of like, almost like a Jewish diet, right? Being <laughs> having it be kosher, you know, having a, a just a single single food on one plate, right? Yeah, no, no, it's very good. Um, <clears throat> Roger Pad- Paget also said everything is addictive, and he's right about that. I, I have given up coffee in the past 14 years. I've been doing this show. The audience knows, like. I'm off caffeine. I'm not doing it anymore. And then I go back. I did take Kratom for four days in a row as an experiment. What I did notice was the same dose I was taking did not elicit the same effect. So then I would probably need to up my dose or just take off more frequently. And I think that may be where people go down the rabbit hole. It's like, okay, I'm using two grams. It's working. Now it's not working. I use three. That's not working. Now I use four. Now all of a sudden... They're screwed. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I would advise too to just, you know, just try to take three, four, five days off of it. I think it clears the system pretty good if you if you can get away from it for about five days. So that's what I usually recommend. And I do that I do that quite often. And I, I don't I don't feel bad from it. Um, with coffee, uh coffee's a, was a little harder for me to get off of. Um, it took me well, it only took like two or three days, but those two or three days were, were pretty bad. Like I had pretty bad headaches on and off. And I was like, man, am, is, am I ever going to get any better? But four or five days later, it started to dissipate. And then I started uh, implementing tea here and there. And that seemed to help, obviously, because there's some caffeine in there. And maybe it's just uh, the act of like sipping on something hot, too, that's, you know, kind of uh, rekindling your love for coffee. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's more ritualistic. So. When you got off coffee, did you notice any changes in your digestion or your gut function? Absolutely. I think it got a lot better because I think coffee, you know, I, I tend to, so I kind of have a theory and people get very pissed at me when I say this, but I don't think anybody likes black coffee. I know that some people are like, I like black coffee. I love black coffee, but it really doesn't, it just doesn't taste that good in my opinion. So for me personally, um, I would drink black coffee because I like the effect of it. I don't like the taste of it. So it was a little easier for me to give up. But I also think that for people that put stuff in their coffee, I think that could be wreaking havoc on your digestive system. I don't even know how much sense that makes to put something like milk. You know, you put milk in, in boiling hot water that has coffee in it. I don't, I don't think that's probably a very good practice. Probably killing everything in there uh, that the milk uh, had that might have been well-intended for you, you know? Well, I, I, so... I have been looking at obstructive sleep apnea, neuropathy, uh, GERD, uh, and and the number of people in our population today who suffer from these three conditions. They also have distended stomachs, and but they're they're all from different walks of life. You know, trainers like guys who train hard. We eat a certain way. Average women, you know. I, I, I just had this conversation with a good friend of mine, Dr. Paul Constanti, this morning. I keep coming back to the common denominator that everybody does that has these issues. All different lifestyles is friggin' coffee. And so I've yeah. been thinking about this. Like, the coffee your mother and father and my mother and father drank was different. It was four ounces. You could see through it. It was clear. It was like rusty water. That's what it looked like. Today, coffee is like a liqueur. It's got so much... <laughs> It's got so much particulate matter floating around in there. It's like a, a suspension. And I have to believe that that irritates the lining of the stomach. And especially when you think about this, 90% of the population drinks coffee when? First thing in the morning on an empty stomach. Right. They're putting that crap, and it has to wear down 
the, the mucosal barrier, the cilia, and open up the stomach because I can't find a single thing that everybody is doing, regardless of lifestyle, and they all have these problems that I just, they, these, these three problems are plaguing our population today. Think about the first thing in the morning that you grind up some beans, right? And then you just pour it over some water and drink it. Like your stomach would fucking hurt really bad, right? I mean, I know, but, 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 but but we're also, but we all need that. Like I just gave up coffee again. Yes. Everybody's let's go. Great. Carl six months. Yeah. They, they laugh at me all the time. I get emails every time I talk about, it's like, why don't you just give up? But I know that when I give up coffee, my stomach feels so much better. It's just amazing. So (laughs) that's my thing. Uh, one, one more question. We're going to take a break. Is there really a difference between red vein and green vein and all these different strains of kratom or are they all pretty much the same? What do you think? Yeah, as far as I know, they're all the same. They're just marketed differently. I know that people are right now they're, that are fans of kratom, they're probably like, oh, I can't believe he said that. But uh, <laughs> most of the top level people that I talk to, they're like, hey, it's kind of BS. There's not really a ton of different a ton of difference. I guess there are differences in the way that they treat the leaf. Uh, once they get a hold of it, and so there could be more variations in that uh, than anything else. But yeah, as far as as far as my knowledge goes, uh, they're all pretty much the same, which is kind of funny because they're selling some for sleep, some for getting yeah. you hyped up, and some for this and that. And uh, I haven't seen any real difference in them. Yeah, they all do the same thing. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, let's talk about the carnivore diet. I know you're big into it right now. Okay, stay tuned. Yep. We're talking with Mark Bell. We'll be right back. <laughs> Redcon One is one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon One products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-C eye drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-C and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-C eye drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-C eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to power 
powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough in longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get R-E-J-U-V-A-N-T dot com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off your first order. Check it out. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We're talking with Mark Bell. His website is up on uh, the screen here, mindbullet.com. I just visited the site. Very, very, extremely reasonable prices. I love the logo, the brain riding the bullet. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah, I'll have to get you some product. Yeah, I, I, would, I mean, I'll use it. Uh, I'm, I'm really... Um, enjoying training with it i'm not training all the time with it but the days that i do train with it i definitely notice that i get a much better workout so take that and some diana ball and you're all set i I used to love d ball man i was just i just i was just talking about a stack that i used to use back when i was younger and uh i read it after i typed it and i thought no wonder why i'm so effed up (laughs) you know it's like Right. You know, how, you know, and you know, between the drugs I did when I was a kid and, and the God's honest truth is the thing that attracted to me this to strength sports was the acceptance of, of the drugs. So I, I told somebody once, you know, I've got an addictive personality. The drugs changed. That's all that happened. But I, I'm still mm. that same guy. But now I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm shooting test and DECA and trend and all that sort of stuff instead. So, <laughs> but you know. It is what it's it is. funny because the, the old school magazines would even have it in there. It would even say like, you know, I ate chicken breast and a potato and then it'd say what they did for lunch. And then before the workout, it would say like Decca and Diana ball. And you're yeah. like, wait, what's, what's this? That's in here. What, what does that mean? What grocery? You get that at Ralph's. You get that at Ralph's. Yeah. Alpha beta. You get that at Alpha beta. So, right. uh, so you came on last time you were on the show, you had just released your book war on carbs and obviously rightfully so. 
mean, carbohydrate consumption is probably the, the reason for a lot of the uh, uh, diseases related to nutrition today. And then you, you, you adapted, and now you're, you're doing carnivore. Talk about it. I got to give a shout out to our boy, Ron Penna, because Ron Penna said that he thinks The War on Carbs is the greatest book ever written on the ketogenic diet, which I'll take any compliment from Ron Penna because that guy is a beast, uh, one of the original founders of Quest Nutrition. Um, you know, so I switched over to, you know, eating a more carnivorous style diet um, a few years ago based off of uh, some of the promotion from Dr. Sean Baker. And again, based off of my brother, my brother. My brother's the one who's like always chirping in my ear about like this new thing. Like I don't really follow a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll come around and he'll be like, hey, you got to check out this thing. And I always think it's a dumb idea until it's like, quote unquote, my own idea. Right. Right. That's the way, that's the way we got to work as brothers. Right. Um, but yeah, my brother kept talking about it. And I was like, well, what's really the difference between keto and carnivore? But as I was doing the keto diet, as the results started to kind of slow down and as I started to get into stuff that is kind of off base in terms of like being on a nutrition plan, you know, like you, you end up going down the same rabbit hole on a lot of different nutrition plans on a lot of different diets that you would go through if you're your average ordinary American on the standard American diet, because you start doing what you mentioned earlier, you start combining foods together and they're delicious together. And then you can eat more of them and then you continue to gain weight or you continue to struggle to, continue to make progress. And so on a ketogenic diet, in my opinion, one of the differences between a keto diet is you have a little bit more freedom in terms of what you can eat. Obviously there's the vegetables and there's some berries and there's some, uh, you know, there's once you get fat adapted and things like that, you can have some carbohydrate, but really, you know, what I took it was is to have carte blanche over eating any and everything that just didn't have an impact on my insulin levels, which I don't even really know because the amount of food I would eat sometimes probably negatively impact my insulin levels anyway, even without a lot of carbohydrates. And plus there's these like non-impact carbs. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really knows when you start consuming large amounts of sugar, alcohols and those kinds of things, like it's just not good for you. It makes you gassy, makes you bloated over a period of time if you have too much of them. So I was, I was sneaking stuff, you know, I was, I was lying to myself. I was sneaking foods. I was in great shape still. But I wasn't making the progress that I wanted. And I was like, you know what? This carnivore challenge from Dr. Baker, it, it sounds like the perfect thing because it's going to be so strict. All I'm going to eat is meat and eggs. I'm basically going to be on like a kind of old school Vince Gerunda steak and egg style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. And uh, so that's what I did. I, the, when I first, the first go of it, I was like, well, I can do that. I think I can do steak and eggs and throw in some bacon here and there and I'd have some salmon and some fish here and there as well. And I started committing to it. And within like three or four days, like just started to lose some bloat, started to feel a little bit better. Um, I also screwed up too because even though I give this advice all the time, I tell people all the time, look, any diet that you're going to try, any diet that you're going to try, please, please, please promise me that you'll take the first two weeks to get used to the food and that you won't be on a quote unquote diet. You're not going to like plummet the amount of food that you eat down to the ground as you try not eating carbohydrates for the first time in your life. You're going to feel awful. So I did a little bit of that too after the first couple of days. And then I started kind of feeling like crap and I'm like, Oh, the diet's not working. But then I started paying attention. I'm like, no idiot. Like you're fasting too long. Like you're not paying attention Let's rev the food back up. And I had some conversations with Sean Baker and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, 
I don't fast at all. I just end up eating like three times a day and I end up with like a midday fast due to how satisfying the foods are and due to how I feel. I feel like I don't need to really eat more than two, three, or maybe four times at the most in a given day, even with the amount of energy I'm putting out. And so I started kind of playing around with that and that started making me feel awesome. And I've been messing around with the diet, you know, ever since. But I also would like to point out the fact that since I was probably about 15 or so, I've been on what I would consider like a meat-based diet anyway. So not not a carnivore diet, not a keto diet, um, but there's been meat on my plate right. for nearly every meal for the last almost, you know, 20-some-odd years. Right. Because that's just the way we eat as strength athletes. And even as a power lifter, you know, when I would eat like junk, when I have pizza and those kinds of things, most of the day was still filled with, uh, meat and complex carbohydrates. And I might finish the day off with some ice cream or pizza because the extra calories were going to put extra uh, body weight on me. But more recently, I've been loving the carnivore diet and I have a vlog that I'm posting every single day. You, you guys can check it out. It's uh, Mark Smelly Bell on YouTube. The, the YouTube channel is pretty new because some of my old school power lifters got frustrated with me talking about like running and me talking about, uh, and me talking about, you know, just eating meat, not eating carbs and stuff. Yeah, they got really, they got really upset. So I started my own another 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 YouTube channel, and that's been really successful, and we've been having a good time with it. But I'm posting every single day. The videos are filmed by me. The videos are edited by me, and and I feel I feel proud of being able to do that. I've been doing that for the last. I think we're on, we were on day uh, 56. Is uh, is today? So. That's been a lot of fun and, and just trying to share out information. I, I've been everywhere. I've, I've traveled um, all over uh, in, in the last 56 days. My normal travel schedule, my normal work schedule. People are seeing me with my kids. They're seeing me on date night with my wife. They're seeing me at a 49ers playoff game. Uh, they're seeing me uh, you know, traveling to Los Angeles with my team to get content. They're seeing me in all these different spots. And, and the one thing that's remaining the same is my fitness and my diet. So I'm trying to show people like, look, yeah, I know that I'm a fitness personality and stuff like that, but, but it's not just me. There's other people that are sharing the same, uh, same message that are kind of following along that are following along in the comment section and saying, yeah, man, I'm on board. I'm doing this too. You know, I have, I have a job. I have a wife. I have kids. I have other commitments. I have a budget. And, um, it's just been fantastic to just show people, look, man, this does not take a special genetic requirement to do this. This is the simplest diet that you're ever going to hear anybody talk about. And I consider this diet to be like the elevator pitch diet. Someone's like, hey, man, you're in great shape. What do you do? And I can say, hey, you know, cut out all your carbs. And right as they're walking out of the elevator and only eat meat yeah, right. <laughs> as, as the elevator door closes. And they're like, what? But you know, but you know, somebody on Instagram is posting a, a, a sponsored ad right now for an app to do carnivore. You know, <laughs> nothing frustrated me more when I saw the fasting app. I was like, "Are you effing kidding me? It's the easy, you just don't eat. You don't have to eat. Like, oh, how do I fast? Just don't eat. Stop eating at six p.m. Don't eat until sixteen hours later, around ten o'clock in the morning. It's like you need an app to teach you how to fast. Really? Yeah. And I I even mentioned to somebody the other day, I was like, well, I don't really like to count how long the fast lasts because that's like too complicated. But what I do is I count a- approximately how long the eating window will be. 
And that's a lot less math. Four hours or five hours is a lot different than trying to figure out 16, 17. You're like, oh, I don't really remember. And also, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what I want people to understand, people that listen to this show, hopefully they're getting the message from you, is and I love that you dive in so deep on so many different things, but you understand the core principle of it all is we don't need to be fancy. We just need to be consistent. Right. And for yourself, if you never got into drugs and if you didn't eat fried food, if you didn't snack, um, if you did, if you didn't, uh, you know, if, if you made sure you were sleeping properly and some of these things, if we did that from the time we were kids, if we knew some of this shit from the time we were kids, uh, and we didn't overeat like sugar, then we wouldn't have to really be on a diet right. at all. Probably we'd right. probably be, you know, probably be pretty dark. I mean, how many people are, how many people are your age that don't really pay that much attention to it, but they're not addicted to food. They do some exercise here and there, they do some yard work and stuff. And they're pro- they probably feel pretty good and they don't know even what the hell to do. Right. I realize that the most of the United States is really jacked up and they got diabetes and stuff. But for those people that aren't addicted to food and haven't been insulting what their metabolism is designed to do every single day, they're pretty darn healthy. Yeah. And, and so, it's something else that I don't want to gloss over. When you said something about consistency, when I look at people that live 90, 100, even 120, they they some of them smoke. Some of them drink alcohol. Uh, some of them eat fried food. Some of them had ice cream before bed. They do some of them. They, a lot of them do things that you and I would go, no, that's taboo. But here's what you figure out. They do that every single day, and they've done it that way every single day of their lives for the past 70 years. There's a lot to be said for consistency. The body loves consistency. The body doesn't want to have to guess. The body likes if you have a cigar at 4 o'clock every day, have a cigar at 4. Look, look at, I met him, George Burns, when I lived in Las Vegas. The guy had martinis and cigars throughout the afternoon. He did it every day. Now, people say, well, he's an outlier. Yeah, he was an outlier. But he got up the same time every morning. He had the same breakfast every morning. He went to sleep the same time every night. He did the same things every single day, day in and day out. And when you get to talk to centenarians, you find out that they have regimented lives that they have adhered to for the past 40 years. If they have a beer, they have that one beer in the afternoon. There's a lot to be said for that in as far as what the body likes and what makes the body thrive. Uh, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, my grandfather, uh, he lived a very full, you know, he lived to about 84. He did have a heart attack and he, he did uh, do some things later on. What, what happened with him. And, and I think this is an interesting thing. I see the same thing happening with children is, um, one like once the once your lifestyle starts to change, then your food has to change. And so you might see like kids. You hear you hear people say this a lot about their children. They're like my kid will never be fat, and it's like, well, your kid's five, and at five years old, uh, a lot of their brain is not fully developed, and they still think they can. They still think a, a broomstick is a horse, and they can like ride around the <laughs> living room, right? And they have a lot of energy. You ever take a five-year-old on a walk? Like, they go crazy. And they keep asking, where are you going? You're like, I don't know. I'm just going on a walk. Like, you know, they want to know, like, are we going for ice cream? Like, where are we going? They're jumping up and down off the curb. They're jumping over the fire hydrant. They're doing all kinds of stuff. But when you're seven or when you're nine, probably around the time you're 10, you'll stop moving as much. And then there has to be kind of a change. That's where you see kids really start to, to rapidly gain weight unless they're in 
a sport or unless they're in some sort of organized thing where they're getting a lot of movement in. And we see a similar thing happen with elderly people. My grandfather, he didn't start having any problems until he started having arthritis in his hands. And he, he worked with his hands his entire life. That was his passion. He was a mechanic. He worked on cars and things like that. And he, he, that, that's what he did. He, he sold used cars. And as soon as that was taken away from him, that's when we saw his stomach start to grow out a little bit. But like he, he before that time, my point is before that time, he didn't have healthy what we would consider to be healthy habits at all, really. Um, you know, he'd eat hamburgers and throw like butter on top of it and stuff like that. Yeah, and, but that's what we pay Ruth Chris a lot of money to do that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, but you know, he was still eating the bun and still eating other things and he had a cigar every day and he would, he would drink, you know, a couple times a week and stuff like that. And all things that you would consider like, Hey, like those probably aren't great ideas, but it was really when his activity changed is when he probably needed to, to, uh, to make some different changes. But yeah, I find it, I find it fascinating that when I, when I look at people and I see when people are unhealthy and they communicate to me that they have these problems it almost always seems to be based in, under the same thing. You know, it seems to be based under like just there's no other way to really just put it. It just seems to be based under over uh, overeating just uh, over, or, or, over. or under under activity. I mean, you're right, right. right. There's a lot of people who say, do we get old because we become inactive or do we become inactive because we get old? And I think we get old because we become inactive because if you there's people out there who are 60 and 70 years old and they're in constant motion all day long. And they they do better than the guy or gal who sits all the time. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. And I, I think it just whatever whatever way you know. I don't know what diet you promote particularly. I'm sure you're probably a more low carb guy, but whatever diet anyone wants to grasp onto, it, whatever way you can figure out not to overeat all the time, that's going to be that's going to be the best option for now. And we might find out more information on other things, but I've kind of yet to see it. Like I, I don't, there's not really low carb people at the moment living to be 120. There's, there's not an exponential percentage that we're seeing people live longer. However, uh, you could maybe make an argument that people might be living better. Yes. And we might start to see that we might mark, might, might start to see more of that because I don't think that Americans uh, live longer than they did 20 years ago. I think they die longer than they used to. That's exactly right. Because we, when we went to Ireland, Elisa and I, we walked around cemeteries purposely because I wanted to see, were there 80-year-old people back in the 1500s? There were. Uh, you know, right, you, right, either, right. you either died young. Th- that's why it frustrates me when people on the news go, well, we're living longer. We're not living longer. If we were living longer, we'd be at 120 and 130. We've always lived into our eighth and ninth decade of life in the 13, 14, and 1500s. Now, of course, we don't have uh, infectious disease killing us when we're nine and 12, but the reality is we're not living longer. And if anything, today, we spend the last 30 years of our life in a diaper facing a wall waiting for somebody to change a channel on the TV set in, in the nursing home. So you're right. The answer is not necessarily to live longer. But it is to have improved health span and quality of life. I have always said it on this show, and people laugh. You know, I want people to say, hey, did you hear Carl Lenore died? Yeah, he was running for the bus. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not sitting in his chair watching, uh, watching reruns of Gilligan's Island. I want to be go in motion when I die. I don't want to be sitting still. So that, right. that's it. That's it. We have to take one more break. But before we do that, I neglected to thank our title sponsor at the beginning of the show because I was so excited to have Mark on the show. 
Uh, <laughs> Legendary Foods just introduced a great snack called the Tasty Pastry. If you remember eating Pop Tarts as a kid, oh, but now you want Pop Tart. I think that, that Pop Tart is amazing. My son eats it. My son's uh, 50, 16, and uh, he hates any anything to do with health, health. and nutrition. <laughs> right. He de- he despises like no way, Dad. But then he saw this Pop Tart from Legendary Foods and. Uh, the box was gone, and I was pretty pissed because I'm like, dude, I didn't even get a chance to try them. <laughs> uh, so you know what I did with one, Mark? I took the legendary uh, almond uh, almond butter, the uh, apple pie almond butter, and I smeared it on one pop tart, and I stuck them together. One, one ta- I made a tasty pastry sandwich with peanut butter on the inside of it. It was oh, friggin' real. But you can go to eatlegendary.com to learn more. They're back ordered. They can't make them fast enough. That's how friggin' good they are. Nine grams of protein, less than one, less than one gram of, of sugar, uh, no gluten. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing dessert. If you want to try it, eatlegendary.com and let them know Carl sent you. We'll be right back, and we'll fit, wrap it up with Mark. Stay tuned. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give b strong a try go to b s-t-r-o-n-g dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code s-h-r for 10 percent off are you still on the fence about body protection complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC, Body Protection Complex, today. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Do you use protein powder? Then you'll want to hear this. Thrive Protein is the single best protein blend in the world, built around what Mother Nature put into Mother's Milk. Thrive Protein is the first 
first human-appropriate protein blend. There's just too much in Thrive to list in this commercial. That's why I'm challenging you to compare your current protein to Thrive. Get your current protein and go to thrivprotein.com and see how your protein's label stacks up to Thrive. For a limited time, get three pounds of Thrive for $59.95, including shipping inside the USA. That's thrivprotein.com and code COMPARE. Get ready to experience protein envy. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you, and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Wow, I had some dead air there. That's a no-no. <laughs> yeah, something weird happened there. Yeah, I got ghosts in the, in the, in the machine here. Anyway, um, Roger Paget says that he has uh, been doing uh, carnivore. For six months and it suits him and he's 68 years old you know uh the magic in these diets i try to explain this to people when somebody goes vegan they go vegan like in the first couple weeks and and even first couple months you're like man i feel so good i can't understand it and when they go keto it's the same thing and when they go carnivore it's the same thing and it's not because of what you're eating now it's because what you stopped eating what right. you remove from the diet, and see, in my humble opinion, I think carnivore is probably the single best elimination diet you can go on. You eat nothing but meat and eggs and fish day in and day out. All of a sudden, whatever your ailments were that you were trying to figure out, they go away. And then you slowly add things back in. Well, let's see. I used to eat this. Oh, man, I feel like crap again. That was the problem. So carnivore is an amazing uh, uh, elimination diet. Even keto is. Uh, and, and the frank truth of it is you can't live forever on a vegan diet, but you could go vegan for a couple months. It's not going to kill you. And you may actually discover what really is causing you all the problems by doing something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I think we're going to find out more information about the positives of eating meat because I've been kind of talking about this for a while where I am a big proponent of, man, it really does matter what you don't eat. You know, like that's, that's huge. If you're just, if you're looking for like some general health and you just want to like feel better, I think, uh, what you avoid can be really, really important. But I think if you're looking for that next level, you're looking for health and maybe even performance edge, then I think what you eat, I think is going to really matter a lot. And I think we're going to see more studies and more information on just exactly what meat is doing. And then the combinations of food that you mentioned, I'm highly interested in that. But I also think that, like, when you see these comparisons, there's, like, health coach Kate or something like that on Instagram, and she posts, you know, a picture of kale versus a picture of meat. 
and it shows like the percentage of vitamins that you're actually able to absorb from the meat being like through the roof in comparison to what you can get from the kale. And so I find those things to be highly interesting and, and maybe we'll find out more information on that. But then there's also guys like Joel Green out there who are, you know, really uh, baffling your mind because you're like, man, I don't, you know, now I don't, <laughs> now I don't know because he's, he's adding uh, so much more to the equation. So I think it's, I think we're in a good spot. And I think the truth of it is, is that no one really knows. And I also have this weird uh, belief that I don't think anything will really come of nutrition. I don't think, I don't think any science or any further research that's being done in the nutrition field will happen. I think that uh, things more come from our ancestors and things uh, more come from um, kind of like more like old school, like philosophy and epistemology. And like, I, I think, I think it has, I think things come more from like physics and how the world's designed than they do from us trying to figure out whether we should eat bread or, or meat or be on a vegan diet versus a carnivore diet. It's just, kind of a weird hunch of mine so after doing this show for 14 plus years i've come to the conclusion that as soon as somebody tells me if i hear these words come out of somebody's mouth this is the appropriate way for humans to eat i i I completely shut down because (laughs) because the reason that we have survived as long as we have is because we can probably eat anything and survive thriving is a completely different story but it's like everybody's diet is unique what works for you may not work for me, and, and what works for me may not work for my son. And so, you know, we, we have to stop this, uh, this attitude like we know the way humans should eat because we have mm-hmm. eaten probably shit once in a while to stay alive in our ancestry. So, yeah. you know, like it's, it's, it, it, it baffles me when people do that. The other thing is I don't know if Darwin ever looked at this, but I sincerely believe that there are breeds of humans. Right, we can accept that German shepherds look like German shepherds, mm-hmm. and they have certain traits, right? And I'm not talking about race. I'm not talking about phenotypical color of skin and 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 face. I'm talking about there are there are toy dogs. They obviously have IGF one issues. We have small people. We know they have IGF one issues. Uh, we we have we have uh, people who work like we like like I come from a long line of Italian brick masons, right? I, I'm a I'm a posterior chain baggage mule that's what i was designed for so my ancestors were were probably working group like you have working group dogs you have working group humans and i'm starting to because you know and i know that you can see somebody in a completely different city and they look exactly like somebody you know in your hometown and they're not related so i'm i'm coming to the conclusion that there are actually breeds of humans and when we start to understand this we will then be able to dial into the individuality of diet needs for different people. But this whole idea that we have to eat, oh, everybody should eat this way, that's nonsense. When people say that, like Joel loves to say baby talk, this is good, <laughs> this is bad. It's like as soon as somebody says that to me, I, I walk away. I'm like, look, dude, maybe 14 years ago when I first started doing this, I've had to go back and correct myself so many times where I thought I knew something. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know anything. Yeah, and I think we also have to factor in interest. Like maybe you just don't like meat that much. So maybe you're not that interested in it. And I think when we talk about, you know, what works for you, uh, we have to factor in um, your environment. We have to factor in like your lifestyle. We have to factor in the things you're interested in. You know, the single greatest marker of success is to be able to problem solve. You know, 
being able to problem solve brings happiness. Being, being able to problem solve uh, is is really what knowledge and everything is kind of kind of pivots off of, you know. But you're not going to want to even solve a problem if you're not interested in it. So I- interest, you know, if, if you're trying to teach me math, I'm not interested in math. I don't want to hear about math. So even if you have the best way to learn about math, you have failed to understand that I don't care. (laughs) I don't want to learn about math. So if you have the best way for me to heal my heart because you have experience, um, 14 years of having the show and then your own personal experiences, I still don't want to hear it until I'm interested in in it. So you, you can't make me interested in it. You might be able to provide me with information that goes through my brain that I filter out and I say, Okay, now he's caught my attention. That interests me because he hit it. He, you struck a chord and you said, Hey, look, you know what? You need to be around for your daughter when she graduates from college or what, whatever the situation, when she gets married or whatever it is. And, and that's the only way you can, you, so that's really all we're trying to do is we're trying to provide enough knowledge to provide enough interest to people so that they can have, but let's just, let's just, uh, leave it at this and say, why not have a bunch of different options with your diet so that you can, because I've done a lot of different diets and I've had a lot of great success with them. Even right. over the last six years, I've gone from 3.30 down to 2.30 and it's been awesome. I used a paleo diet and that worked. I used a bodybuilding style diet and that worked. I used Stan Efferding's vertical diet and that worked. I used a keto diet for a long time and that worked. It just happened to be that I was interested in those different things at those different times and it aligned with my goals. Even when I wanted to be fat, even when I wanted to be big. That aligned with my interest and my goals at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get as big and as strong as I possibly can. I weighed 330 pounds. I squatted 1,080, benched 854, and deadlifted 766 and made all my hopes and dreams come true because that's where my interest was at that time. The only thing I want to ask you to consider watching since you're on the the Mediterranean diet is is get your – your ferritin and TIBC, total iron binding capacity of your blood tested regularly. This is something that Ron Penna and I, if, if there's one thing that he and I talk about most often and text most often about, it's this phenomenon. I believe that iron accumulation is the root of what we consider aging. When we look at aging and we look at deterioration of soft tissue and discs and spine, we look at uh, changes in gut function and organ function, we look at uh, breaking down the nervous system. It it can actually, there's so many individual studies that show that these are all a function of iron accumulation. And when you look at men and women, premenopausal women, they bleed once a month. They don't have the iron problems that men do. Men ac- accumulate an average of 100 points in ferritin for every 10 years of their lives. And mm-hmm. once you're 50 years old, you've got so much iron in you. You, you and I have a hamburger in us that we ate as mm-hmm. kids. The iron is still in us. We don't have a system to get rid of iron, okay? And so the only thing I'd ask you is to keep an eye on your iron, and you'll thank me 30 years from now. Wow, man, you know, I have aged so much better. That's the only reason, in my humble opinion, okay, methionine is one of them, but vegans do well because they don't have any iron in their diet. That's why they seem to to age a little bit better than, than omnivores, if you keep uh, donate blood once every couple months, then I get into arguments with go, oh, TRT and hematocrit. No, don't do it for that. Do it to get rid of the iron. You know, I, I've heard, and I don't know how true this is. Maybe you have heard this, or maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that dairy 
um, can help kind of downregulate the absorption. Lactoferrin. Of lactoferrin. It's got to have lactoferrin in it. It's got to. Okay. And there's so actually like raw, there's actually raw. there's actually a protein manufacturer in your state who has raw unpasteurized dairy protein powder that ha- that is 50% lactoferrin. Oh, and wow. Ron, Ron knows about them. Ask him. I've been waiting for somebody to come out with a protein product, but it's very expensive, and no one will mm. see the value unless they understand the value of iron. But there are other things that help uh, keep iron from being absorbed. Green tea. If you drink green tea with your meal, you get you, you won't absorb as much iron. There's other things, too. Joel probably knows better than, than anybody. If you ask Joel, like, Joel, I don't want to absorb the iron in my food. What should I uh, have with my food? He'll tell you. But there are that ways to do insane. that. <laughs> yeah, Joel's insane. So anyway, I'm going to put the uh, Mind Bullet back up one more time to tell people to go there, mindbullet.com, for the best Kratom around. I just went there. To, uh, the prices are amazing. I mean, compared to what I pay for Kratom here, uh, it, that those are great prices, and you don't. Great. And and if you get nauseous from it, back your dose down. That's what I learned. I took four grams one time, and I was like so sick I couldn't go anywhere. I back it down to two grams. I feel great. That's it. Yeah, or try to or try to have it with maybe a small amount of food. It, it's going to feel best on an empty stomach, but yeah. maybe have a small amount of food with it if it's going to bug your stomach. I just want to finish off by saying. You know, first of all, I'm super appreciative of being on your show and appreciative of you uh, grinding it out and doing the show for so long. I listen to your show quite a bit. Uh, anytime I talk to Ron Penna, he always brings you up. We, we talk about your show. And uh, it's fantastic that you're so open-minded and you're diving down all these crazy uh, rabbit holes that maybe no one else thinks they're going to come back up out of. <laughs> so They don't want to do it themselves. So uh, much, much appreciated. And then lastly, I just want to say that, you know, I started, you know, losing weight uh, probably about eight years ago or so. And I started walking around that same time. And uh, I just kept moving and I kept on the diet, like just hang in there. You know, the people listening to this, just just do your best. Uh, There is no failure. It's all just kind of part of your journey. It's part of what you're doing. Um, If you get off base, it's okay because I personally believe that, there's no better way to lose weight than to do so in stages. I don't think it makes any sense to lose uh, like three pounds or five pounds every single week forever. That doesn't really, I've, I've never even really seen anybody do that before. My own personal journey and story, you know, I would lose 10, maybe 15, and then I'd stop. I'd lose 10 and 15 because I'd go off the diet a little bit. I'd cheat a little bit. Maybe I gained a couple back. But just know that the journey is going to take a really long time. Don't try to be too fancy. Uh, don't try to even work too hard because if you work too hard, it's going to slingshot you or rebound you back the other back the other direction that much harder. Your old habits will really rear their ugly head. So take your time with it. Don't be fancy. Try to be consistent. And then lastly, as I switch to the carnivore diet, and I don't think it's coincidental, my walking just all of a sudden turned into running. I was just walking one day and I felt pretty good. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can run. I'm just going to run from here to home. And, uh, you know, being a 330 pound power lifter, I, I would have never thought that would be possible for me. So this diet has, has done tremendous things for me. And I, I, I'm not trying to sell anybody on anything. I, I'm not trying to, there's not a product behind this carnivore diet or carnivore mission for me. I just would love more people to be exposed to it and for more people to give it a try my aunt 
uh, has lost 20 pounds. My cousin has lost 30 pounds. My brother uh, has a, a crazy transformation, one of the better transformations I've ever seen off of drugs, off of alcohol. And I think that part of it has to do with Kratom. I think part of it has to do with the carnivore diet. Um, and just the, all the followers and all the people that are, are paying attention to my stuff, we're just hearing these crazy, crazy testimonials all the time. If you're somebody that really struggles with diet, I think that this diet uh, could be the one that, that really makes the change. I know it sounds crazy, uh, but if it changes your life and improves your life, then it's really not that crazy in the long run. Those are all fantastic points. And we should have a, we should have a Kratom carnivore cruise <laughs> where everybody that signs up for the cruise gets Kratom, we eat steaks, and we, we, we go out to uh, Cabo San Lucas or something like that. So there you go. Kratom, carnivore, and the coronavirus. Yeah, and the coronavirus. No, just a good corona. <laughs> Mark, thanks for being here, brother. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, and we will see everybody tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thank you for watching and listening today. 